0: time for Overlooked Stocks. George Tillis is our man with the movers that you missed in today's session. He's been digging through the earnings reports and, in particular, the cloud space where things have been ripping. George, Digital Ocean, though, their earnings were last month. We had the CEO on, Nancy Spruill, shortly thereafter making the case for the stock. And I hope viewers bought it then because it's trading about $25, which is roughly 50% higher now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, DigitalOcean, pretty interesting company. I wish I watched that interview, OJ. Uh, It IPO back in March uh, overall uh, with around $42 price. And now, as you can see, it's trading quite a bit to the upside relative to that by about 50% around $73. It's up 78% overall since that IPO. But uh, it's an interesting company. We talk about cloud computing platforms where we really focus uh, most of the time on some of the leading players in the space companies like uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and Google. But in fact, uh, uh, DigitalOcean is one of these smaller and medium-sized business-led companies in the cloud computing space. They really focus on on on-demand infrastructure, platform tools, for instance, like web mobile, website development. Uh, They focus on e-commerce players, uh, mobile and and, uh, gaming players, personal web projects, and managed services on the cloud. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that separates a company like DigitalOcean from some of the respective larger peers that I mentioned like Amazon and perhaps Microsoft is essentially ease of use. Uh, I think anything has to do with uh, digital cloud computing for small and medium sized businesses is very compelling right now. I mean, this is a company that uh, overall doesn't have a financial profile nearly close to some of these major, uh, major uh, players like Google, Facebook, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. Uh, these companies, those three that I mentioned, the larger mega caps, are really focused on competing with each other, and are focusing on scalability. Whereas DigitalOcean seems to be focusing on their customers. Uh, they're looking uh, at promoting their uh, their platform as an ease of use uh, digital platform for small businesses, and they have uh, pr- you know features that uh, offer free services. Uh, they offer uh, uh, support services, which are again for developers, but also higher tiered services for as I mentioned, those small and medium-sized enterprises for business support. And, and I think it's actually a pretty interesting name uh, in this space that uh, is very customer-centric versus competition-centric.
0: Okay. So, George, that part, just define that a little bit again, so that separates them from the other trades because, uh, what, they just uh, have a particular kind of uh, niche, something um that uh, others don't or operability or what?
1: It's it's niche technology that focuses on small businesses. The, the bigger businesses that I mentioned, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, their cloud computing mm. uh, platforms really are, are are focused more so on improving scalability, but also for larger customers. And, and I think another narrative behind a lot of these uh, enterprise cloud computing businesses that really cater to small and medium-sized companies are our flexibility, ease ease of operational use, but also open source. I think uh, you know the platform as a service uh, niche, which again allows developers, you know, uh, mobile uh, game uh, providers and software. Developers the ability to customize the software and that's not going to happen with companies like Microsoft and Amazon and I think that's also another compelling value component to uh, to DigitalOcean's technologies. It's an open source platform that has again ease of use operability for small businesses but they also offer multiple tiers of uh, of subscription including free service up to of course uh, paid subscription enterprise platform.
0: All right, nice uh, George. Good. To- Good analysis and explanation. It's hard to keep track sometimes of how all these cloud companies fit together. So, getting those details is helpful to uh, put everything, you know, in the right spot. Uh, George, you got a few others here. Catapult Holdings, okay? Uh, you going? Are oh, we playing Age of Empires here? What's going on?
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, based on some of the price action this last week, the name speaks for itself. But uh, it did trade. Quite a bit higher this last week, uh, and it did uh, sell off near the end of the close. But uh, it caught my attention, not just because of the price action, but I think there's an element of uh, the relationship that it has with a company called Affirm. Uh, we know Affirm uh, is right. yeah, of course. the major players in this. Yeah, buy now, pay later. I think this is. Uh, Stuff's company getting company
0: nuts, Affirm. George.
1: That's, yeah, this, this is an interesting niche. New way of, of course, of financing retail sales, especially for higher priced items, whether it be durable goods like a, a treadmill from Peloton or a refrigerator from Home Depot. Uh, Catapult Holdings is a collaborative partner, in fact, with a firm, but what they actually focus on is essentially lease to own purchasing. So You know, versus purchasing things on credit cards, it's really open-ended. You don't necessarily know when it's going to be paid off. You don't know necessarily the terms which can change, and which are variable in terms of credit card rates. Uh, Catapult actually offers fixed terms, uh, disclosures, which are essentially uh, uh, provided to customers who utilize their least-owned services. They're really an e-commerce fintech company, and they provide alternative financing solutions to customers who – Need some higher end or higher priced products, uh, but can't necessarily put them on a credit card or afford to put them on a credit card. But would like to know uh, things like full disclosure, things like you know what happens if they pay it off early, as well as what the fees will be for the term of the agreement uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the financing. So this company does actually have, like I said, a collaboration with a firm, and we know a firm. It uh, it took off last Friday, it traded on Monday, close to 50% to the upside. It did pull back a little bit based upon its exposure in relationship to Amazon. And so Catapult is actually a secondary option, which doesn't necessarily focus on subprime, but if a firm can't get the financing to the customer, they'll pass it on to Catapult. So Catapult is more more in line with lower credit tiered customers. Uh, And overall, I think it plays in the same niche space as as a firm, as a collaborative partner. But keep in mind that these are companies that are taking on credit card companies. And, and I think this is a total addressable market that's going to expand. But uh, overall, uh, watch this name potentially for some uh, additional collaborative partners going forward.
0: I mean, this is all the rage right now. There's a whole piece on Bloomberg yeah. uh, from yesterday about Klarna on TikTok, which is Another buy now, pay later service. And uh, kids are, this is just from the Bloomberg uh, uh, lead. Uh, Kids are dancing to the caption, crippling debt after showing themselves using Klarna when shopping for clothes. Um, Okay, Uh, others share videos of payment demands from the company. Hold on, wait, you're gonna like this one, George, trust me. Others, kids on TikTok are sharing videos that show the payment demands from this company Klarna that they're behind on overlaid with the line from a remixed song saying, I know you're obsessed with me. I, this is just, what the heck is going on, George?
1: <laughs> well, look, I, I look it's at it absurd. this, Jay, uh, either way, look, people are going to go into debt to buy things, whether it's a credit card or some sort of credit line or other financing options. These are different options. Uh, I think, again, what's interesting and a little bit unique about them is fees are disclosed. Uh, Early buyout options are available. Uh, The full payment plans are fully disclosed. When you go into this financing terms, you know what you're going to be paying for. Versus, again, credit cards, uh, you know, they're very flexible, but the terms can change, and you do know that uh, you don't necessarily know when it'll be paid off. And, And I think, again, that's one of the compelling things that's a little bit more uh, more uh, favorable to these buy-now-pay-later types of uh, finance options. There is one thing I did discover, though, about Catapult, and this, again, might pose some concentration risk, but Wayfair, in fact, is about 70% of their sales. Now, Catapult, uh, because it, it was a reverse merger via SPAC in June, there's not a lot of information. They did report earnings uh, back on uh, in, in August, and it dumped about uh, 70% to the downside because the expectations I think the company gave were very outlandish. They were given 70, 80% uh, top line sales growth. The company reported about 27%. But going back a couple of years, they were only generating about 40 million. And, and as of the last four quarters or trailing 12 months, they're generating close to 300 million. So, you know, at about a $650 million market cap, uh, it's only trading around two times sales, with again some pretty impressive growth going forward. So it's a very volatile name. There's no doubt. Uh, I think it's interesting as an industry group, but uh, keep in mind that there will be some analysts that might start backing the company in terms of its progress going forward. But it did, like I said, move from $14 all the way to three, back up to seven earlier today. So it, there's a lot of beta and a lot of volatility in the name.
0: Okay. Uh, George, thanks uh, for that. Really interesting one we should probably keep our eyes on because when these types of trends get hot, I mean, we've seen what can happen when you're connected to the risk-taking appetite of young people right now. Hey, George, last one. Uh, We're a little over time, uh, but give us the uh, take for Elastic. Uh, ESTC is a uh, tech software company uh, based out of the Netherlands, and uh, it's uh, pushing for a, a record here.
1: Seventeen percent year to date for Elastic. It's a it's a play on MongoDB. We know we talked about that. Kind really, of data, okay. Twenty five percent today. Really impressive mover. Data storage, analysis, search, virtualization, mm-hmm. uh, taking unstructured data and structuring it. It's essentially much like uh, a MongoDB. They do actually have artificial intelligence, predictive analysis, reporting. They just completed the acquisition now, Elastic, of a company called Build Security, which is essentially a cloud-native security action software company which gives users uh, remote access. And again, these stocks, MongoDB, Elastic, they're in accumulation phases, OJ, going on right now. I think overall this may speak to not necessarily the enterprise data, software demands that companies have but i do think that uh they're starting to demonstrate some trajectory growth perhaps uh since may or actually since may perhaps as the economy in the back half of the year starts to slow down so overall year-over-year growth 49 percent uh it is a little bit higher than MongoDB, but it is again uh, another one of these names in the uh in the virtualization and data utilization structured software space that is, uh, is uh, hitting some new highs alongside MongoDBs.
0: Very nice move today. Okay. George, good find. Uh, I like it. Uh, companies connected into other big themes and more recognized areas. Right. So uh, helpful uh, for us for some stuff to follow. Uh, George, nice work on the Overlook stocks and the earnings this week. Our contributor here joining us from Thanks Salt you. Lake.